1: Today's scripture is taken from Exodus 20, the first 17 verses, and in your pew Bible, if you'd like to read along, it's found on page 58. So Exodus 20, then God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. Whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who reject me. But showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments." You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land, and the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or male or female slave, or ox, or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor.
0: Well, today we've made it to the seventh episode of a 10-week journey through the book of Exodus. But we are in chapter 20 of a 40-chapter book. So, do the math. It means that the next three weeks, y'all are going to have to listen really fast for us to get all the way to 40 before this is over. Well, let's take a look, though, before we get into the Ten Commandments. It's what's happened in the life of the Israelites since we were together last week. Two weeks ago, we saw God's deliverance as the Red Sea parted. The Hebrews went across on dry land. They continued their pilgrimage toward the promised land, but you remember there was very little to hunt and gather to feed a large nomadic group. So they complained and they complained, and Moses and Aaron heard their complaints. They made appeals to God. And God delivered. God provided manna and quail to sustain them on the journey. And that was last week's sermon about God's daily provision. Well, since last week, they've been on the move. they put in a lot of miles since last week. They made it to the Wilderness of Sin. That is a place that, that's not Cheshire Bridge. That's the name of the place where they made it. They made it to the wilderness of sin, and then guess what happened? They complained again. I know, we haven't heard them complain since last week. But they complain, and this time it's because they're thirsty. Quote, the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And you know by now how this goes. God provides again. Then Moses gets a surprise family visit. Jethro, his father-in-law, brings uh, his wife, his two sons, for a visit. Jethro notices that Moses is completely exhausted. He's leader. He's travel guide. He's now become a judge. He's getting no rest at all, bags under his eyes. He's hearing and ruling on every spat in the community every complaint, every decision. He's ruling on all the disputes and it's becoming a full-time job. So Jethro suggests maybe it's time to delegate. How about appointing officers to spread the workload? And Moses does and the journey continues. More walking, more complaining until the third new moon when they finally reach the wilderness of Sinai. While in Sinai, Moses has another encounter with God. And the Lord speaks to Moses, saying, Now therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession out of all the peoples. And Moses summons this newly elected group of elders and tells them about the encounter. And then Moses instructs a three-day preparation for them to get ready for the Lord's revealing. And on the third day, thunder and lightning and thick cloud and blast of trumpet. And while the Israelites stand at the base of Mount Sinai, the Lord descends upon it in fire and smoke and the whole mountain shakes and Moses is summoned up to the top of the mountain for an audience with the Holy One of Israel. And so now we come to today's story. We get to the Ten Commandments being delivered to Moses on the top of Mount Sinai. I ran across a a timely cartoon on Facebook this week It might have come across your page too. It was a picture of Moses with the two tablets and the caption said, technically Moses was the first person with a tablet downloading data from the cloud. (laughs) Maybe so. Well, this is our story for the day, the Ten Commandments. Up until now the preaching through Exodus has just been all kinds of fun. The rhythm that's just been affirmed over and over and over has been God's provision and deliverance. Remember? Moses in a basket of pitch and tar, God delivers from the River Nile. The Israel's in slaver- Israelites are in slavery, God delivers. The plagues, but God passes over the houses of the Israelites in an act of deliverance. Then the Hebrews are stuck between the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army, and guess what? God delivers. Then last week, starvation and complaint, there's not enough to eat, manna falls on the ground, God delivers again. So, what's not to like? So far, the people of God have spoken their wishes, and God has come through like a rich and doting granddaddy. Granddaddy, can I have a pony? I mean, what's not to like about the Exodus story? It's been one episode after another of God's continued care. But today, today is a reminder that the covenant flows in both directions. Covenant is about God's faithfulness. But it's also about our call to faithfulness. Love is never conditional. Blessing is conditional. God says to Moses in the last chapter, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore." If you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession out of all the peoples. If you obey. And Moses comes down from the cloud and fire of Sinai with instructions about our side of the covenant, the Ten Commandments for our right living. If you obey, and the first four of these commandments are about our right posture before God. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Before I get to the other six, uh, Let me say a corrective word about these commandments before we look at the rest of the list. There is is a common perception that these commandments rain down from an angry bearded God or a humorless nun with a ruler and that they're intended to restrict all of our fun and freedom when the opposite is true. God knows that life ordered in right principles is the only way to live abundantly. If we we worship other gods like fame and money, it will result in arid living, not abundance. I have a hundred illustrations if you're interested. If you knew how many families I have talked to in my office who have reached the highest corner office... And live in the largest house on Habersham. And their lives are a mess. Empty and sad. We have to have rules to live well. If there are no rules, we just live in a fearful chaos. Can you imagine like, like basketball with no rules? What would that look like? It would be a bunch of elbowing and tackling. I mean, it would be nothing. If the rules are taken away, we are not freer. If God's rules and priorities get misshapen, then society falls into dysfunction. Rules are made for freedom more than for restriction. So God gives a list of rules so that we might live. Abundantly. But what happens when we ignore our part of the covenant? What happens when we put other gods first or idolize something lesser or diminish the place of God and God's name or disregard the Sabbath worship and renewal? Well, it's a mess. God's rules are to save us from ourselves. There's a saying that we don't break the commandments as much as they break us. I've been listening to a podcast this week of uh, Bill Moyers interviewing uh, Professor Joseph Campbell about the power of myth. I won't get off on all that, but anyway. Anyway. Campbell makes this observation in that conversation they're having. He says that our city architecture models what society values. He said in the medieval times, the largest structure in any center city would be the temple. 17th century, the largest structure in any given city would be the palace modern cities, commercial buildings of commerce. He suggests that we build our tallest monuments to what we value the most. What happens when individuals and societies just don't care about the covenant anymore? Now, therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you will be my treasured possession. Well, as I said, the first four covenants deal with our posture before God, the final six deal with our relationship to each other. Rules, otherwise, there is absolute chaos. So treat each other this way honor your father and mother. Do not commit murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, don't lie, do not covet, don't want something that belongs to somebody else. Well, I confess that I haven't read this book, but the title of this book made me shudder a little bit. Uh, University of Chicago Professor Bernard Melan wrote a book entitled, Write Your Own Ten Commandments. I said I haven't read the book. I mean it might be a really noble book with a quirky title, I don't know. But, but uh, Write Your Own Ten Commandments? Actually, I think I know some people who have that book. Actually. I'll do me, you do you. As far as I'm concerned, all you need to do is just try to be a good person. To me, it's not really stealing if. Oh, come on, Dad, it's not leave it to Beaver anymore. To me, a deer stand is just as worshipful as any sanctuary I've ever been in. You don't believe God really cares if I just... No, we don't get to write our own. There is a standard. There are rules. They were carved into tablets for our life together and before God. And we make our own list at our own peril. We are a covenant people. God has never broken covenant, which is part of the Exodus message, God's relentless faithfulness to us. But our record of faithfulness has not been quite as good. today as you know is the first Sunday of Lent. And in this 40 days we're going to take a painful journey into those places where we have failed our end of the covenant agreement. God doesn't judge on a curve. We can't afford to judge our covenant behavior against some of those guys who work in shipping. We're in a season of audit Where we examine the ways we have betrayed and broken. And we get honest with ourselves and with God. And the Lenten audit is a hard look in the mirror. An examination of us. Not the sins of others. We've conditioned ourselves to think what's really bringing us down is the sins of others. It's other people, not us. saying our country's a mess because of the behavior of those people. If those Republicans had not tried to steal the election, if those woke Democrats had cared about American jobs, our country's a mess because of those people, and those people won't change. My home life's a mess because my spouse won't change. My kid keeps acting up. My spiritual life's a mess because I'm just not getting fed at church. My relationship's broken because she won't apologize. Well, 40 days in front of an unforgiving mirror, and we will all have to face our own betrayal of the covenant. 40 days of self inspection, and we'll see that. We all hold the nails of Christ's crucifixion in our own hands. If you don't think you qualify. The child's buffet is only $11. He's small for a 13-year-old. I think he'll pass for 12 and under. 40 days of honest assessment, and we will all wallow in the shame of it. 40 days of measuring our lives against God's shining hope, and we'll start to see that we need saving after all. Now, therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you will be my treasured possession. Well, it's time to get back to obedience. God has set standards for our living, rules that give abundant life a chance. And when we measure our scared and tiny selves against God's claim on us, it should lead to the recognition that we do need saving. And that is how the Easter miracle begins doing its work within us. A risen Savior doesn't mean much to those who think they don't need saving. But for the honest and contrite, for the ones who recognize their lives really are a mess, the resurrection means everything. And that's how we get prepared. Thanks be to God.